Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fearless Rebel Radio. In this episode, I discuss a really, really, really important topic with one of my boxing friends, writer, coach, storyteller, lover of language, and fighter Camille DePutter on the importance of owning your story. I just think this is such an important topic, so I'm super excited to have someone here to talk about it who really knows what they're talking about. So in this episode, we talk about how Camille grew up as a storyteller, but held back her own story for a long time, but how sharing it helped her become more comfortable in her own skin. The importance of owning your story as it relates to being your authentic self and having self-worth where we can find our stories and why they don't need to be profound in order to share them. Why it's so important not to tuck away pieces of your personality, especially to please those around you. What to do if you fear other people's judgments by owning your story. Why your stories don't necessarily define you. How to receive other people's stories to help them and how to help them overcome shame and how to start to share your story. Before we get started, I just want to remind you to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free Rule Breakers Guide to Rockin' Your Bod with 10 missions that you can complete right now to ditch the diet mentality and love your body. All right, let's get started. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby! I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? I'm very excited about today's guest because we're going to be talking about something totally different, which is owning and sharing your story. And I love this topic because it's such an important piece of cultivating self-worth and self-acceptance. Today's guest is Camille DePutter. Camille is a communications specialist with a breadth of experience in marketing, branding, public relations, and corporate communications. Her work has been featured in countless magazines, newspapers, and blogs, including the Huffington Post, though often as a silent ghostwriter on behalf of notable leaders and brands. Most of all, Camille is a storyteller. As an independent communications coach and a writer, Camille uses her empathetic superpowers and love of language to help people put words to their own inner stories, helping them to express, share, and celebrate the stories that are inside of all of us. You can find her blog at, at, and business at CamilleDeputter.com, which I will link to in the show notes. So Camille and I met in boxing class. And I can tell you that under her sweet voice and exterior, she is a tiger. Like, she is fierce. And uh, I'm starting to think that I'm just doing these interviews to create an entourage of people that can protect me in the zombie apocalypse. But I'm really honored to have her today. She has a serious jab cross. And while I was never partnered with her in our boxing class because of our height difference, like she would literally be punching air if we were partnered together. Camille has had this 
energy that I just felt was so um, infectious and contagious. And we ended up chatting outside of class about our mutual passion for empowering women and health. And when I learned more about Camille's story and what she does, I couldn't wait to have her as a guest on the show. So welcome to the show, Camille. Thank you, Summer. It would be my honor to defend you in this zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Thanks. So as I start out with all of our guests, I'd love, uh, I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your story and you know how, to got, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, um, on the surface uh, side of things, the sort of more businessy side of things, I've always been a writer and a communicator. Um, when I was a kid, I wrote books of poetry. I wrote to Archie comics to correct them on their grammar. I, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I wrote, uh, my sister and I would basically put together presentations. If PowerPoint existed back then, um, no doubt we would have been giving them PowerPoints on things like why they should give us more candy. Um, so I've always been I've always been a writer and communicator and using that in different ways, um, and as you mentioned, that has been my my business as well uh, in various forms over the the past uh, you know decade plus. Um, but through it all, I have always been a storyteller, although I may not have seen it that way at the time. Um, I've always been a letter writer um, and helping the people in my family uh, or friends recognize what makes them great, who they are, what makes them special um, through my own personal accounts. So sometimes that was things like writing grandparents' uh, memoirs uh, or just putting together little books and things that would recognize special milestones in their lives. Um, through that all, though, I have sort of a sub-story, which is um, I've been able to learn the importance of telling one's own story and putting some of the kind of darker, quieter places inside us to, uh, to words through, through my own. Um, my own experience in dealing with, uh, with shame, with uh, secrets. And that revolved around my heart and being born with a heart condition, something that I was embarrassed about that I didn't want to share. I didn't want anyone to know. Um, and it was only until some recent years uh, that I started sharing that more and ultimately um, put it in a speech to, that I shared with a number of uh, strangers and people that I had never met. Uh, and for me now, it's, it's pretty amazing to see the way that sharing my own personal story has helped me really uncover my own strengths uh, and become uh, literally at the heart of my, my business, my work, my brand, and who I am. And so my, my mission now is to really help people bring their own stories uh, out into the world and find the power of putting that into words. Yeah, which I think is is incredible and amazing. And um, your website is really, really cool. The theme that you have, the graphic with the heart and uh, everything tied into it, I, I just think it's so brilliant. So hopefully um, hopefully the listeners will, will check that out to see it for sure. And, uh, you know, in, when you're talking about your own personal um your own personal story, you know, your heart condition, was there a moment when you decided 
it was time to start talking about it instead of hiding it? I think that it happened slowly. So I remember, uh, so I, this is a condition I was born with. Um, it, it didn't completely affect me too, too much. It was sort of, it was something I could kind of ignore, you know, go to the doctor for a couple of times a year and get tests and things like that. And I tried to just sort of sweep it under the rug. When I was 20 years old, uh, I had to confront it more because of some health issues that I had. And I had a pacemaker put in, which forced me to confront some of these issues um, you know, in, in a way that, frankly, at the time, I just really wasn't all that prepared for. As then I got older and went through my 20s, I sort of, I guess you could say I would experiment a bit with revealing it in different moments. Um, so I would tell, you know, confide in the odd person or, or odd friend, and uh, then afterwards I would feel terrible anxiety about it. Yeah. I did do a lot of journaling and things like that that allowed me to, you know, to sort of work on expressing it in different ways. Um, so I'm not sure that there was one big turning point. Um, then as time went on, I guess somehow through my own personal work, it just started to be more of a place of comfort and I, I was able to start expressing it more to people. Um, about a year and a half ago, I must have found some place of comfort with it because I decided to put a great big um, tattoo on my back of an anatomical heart uh, with, that was intended to express my experience with my, with my heart. And, uh, and then following that, also, as I mentioned, I gave this speech. And it was quite interesting because the person who invited me to talk, his name is Michelle Naray. And he's an old colleague of mine, and we were quite close when we worked together over 10 years ago. And he said uh, he runs something called Mo Mondays. It's a motivational speaking uh, group. And he said, Camille, do you want to come and talk? And, you know, what would you like to talk about? And I said, you know, I would love to come and talk. I would love to come and talk about my heart. And he gave me this look like, hmm, what? And I realized, you know, I'd, I'd never told him. And... So it just, it really clicked for me how long I had been keeping the secret in many ways without even being aware that it was in fact a secret. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And um, I can kind of relate on the same level. I mean, I, I suffered from depression for 17 years and I took antidepressants and I never told anyone. Like, I don't think any of my friends knew that I had this, like my roommates, you know, my the boyfriends that I had throughout it, I just, it was like a secret that I had. And um, it was, uh, you know, it was just something that I was ashamed of because I, I felt like I was maybe not living up to this perfect standard that I had set for myself, which I think is, you know, what a lot of people uh, struggle with. But, you know, what I, what I know now and I think, and what I'm kind of, you know, what I'm hearing from you as well is that, you know, hiding that piece of the puzzle really only feeds the shame. And for me, it led to some pretty disordered behaviors and habits. But by talking about it and by releasing it to the world or not just the world, but just, you know, the, the people around you and, and out of your out of your body, you're, you know, you're able to um, 
that that shame is able to kind of lose its power. And I know that's exactly what, you know, Brene Brown talks about, which she's like one of my favorite people. And I actually just finished rereading um, the her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And, you know, she talks so much about owning our story. And when we can own our story, we can then gain access to uh, to our, our worthiness. Yeah, you you said so much great, great stuff there. I love it. And I think uh, one of the things you just touched on is is how are we able then to find access and to own our to our story and to sort of own our story and what does that mean and yeah. how do we bring that from the outside really into the world? So sometimes we may gain that comfort internally or start to get there, but it's still hard to put a voice to. It's still hard to really learn and understand what what the lesson is around and what the meaning is. How can we share that with other people? How can we use that to help other people? So how can we go from shame to maybe a kind of okayness to actually tapping into that kind of power? And sometimes I think that does, it can start on, um, on a sort of a smaller or more personal basis. So you mentioned um, your roommates, and that reminded me of one of these little big moments uh, of change when I was so when I was twenty, and when I was going through this sort of process of confrontation, of inner confrontation with the fact that I do indeed have a heart condition, and I will have to have a pacemaker, um, and I was also fighting depression at the time, and I had just moved in with a new uh, roommate someone who uh, I didn't know very well. And I just, there was a moment where I just, I didn't bother to go into the bedroom and close the door while I was on the phone. I was probably talking to my mom uh, or someone about what I was going through. And I just kind of, I just kind of let the conversation be there while my roommate was still in the, the apartment, in teeny tiny apartment so she could hear everything. And after I got off the phone, she she came to me and said, you know, I heard your conversation. And she opened up to me and told me that she had a battle of her own. She was recovering from uh, being anorexic for about a decade um, and was going, you know, she was going through this, this huge personal battle herself. And that kind of created this moment where we could just open up and be honest with each other and support each other uh, through you know, what we both continued to go through and we really became very, very strong supports for each other. And so, you know, that was maybe one kind of example of a stepping stone where I was able to see how my own pain and opening that up could help somebody else and vice versa. Yeah, which is a, which is a really good way to kind of think about it. So instead of, you know, from a very, um, like this is, you know, I'm, I'm doing this just just for me. It's more, you know, how can we then show others that it's fine to be your authentic self and that this is just part of you and that everyone has these, um, you know, these feelings or these emotions or these in, these experiences that they've had. And, you know, by being a little bit more vulnerable yourself, you can actually then, uh, you know, teach others to do the same, build build more, you know, connection through that process. Yes, yes, absolutely. So we're talking about, uh, you know, owning our story and, and you know, you, your story is very much 
profound in that, you know, it's a heart condition. I'm talking about, you know, having had depression, but, you know, I don't think that our stories have to be necessarily like so inspirational or, you know, sensational. And so for someone maybe listening to this and thinking, you know, I don't, I don't have a story to tell. Like I've never um, gone through anything like that. Uh, You know, no one's going to care about this. Where do they, you know, where do they begin? Like, where can we find our stories? Because I think we all have them. It's just a matter of kind of pulling them out. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. And we have this idea that you have to go through something so traumatic or so transformational in order for it to have value. And, and yes. really, I think sometimes it's it's just the smallest things. Um, in fact, it's, it's often kind of the little things, just those little moments that have helped shape you, that have inspired you, that have helped you become who you are, um, that can inform and and teach and inspire the rest of us. Um, and I think the idea of the sort of old school motivational speaking or self-help books, that kind of thing, I mean, while they still have their place, it's um, often I think, you know, just throwing that down, getting rid of this idea that we it has to be cookie cutter or we have to specifically teach people something. Um, Sometimes it's just being able to, you know, to share the reality of our own of our own history and and past. Um, and I'll give you an example. So I mentioned um, my old colleague Michelle Naray, and when we were working together, we were working in this um, his small business called the Essential Message, and uh, we were doing some different speaking things at the time. And he was kind of trying some new stuff out, and and it, it was a bit of a tough go at the time. And we went to go, he was going to go do this speech, and it was supposed to be some motivational type talk uh, for new Canadians. But the the whole event, it turned out it wasn't very well put together. And, you know, we go into this, you know, strange kind of space. There's hardly anybody around. We're just kind of pulling a few plastic chairs together, small group. And it was a little bit depressing. I kind of felt bad for Michelle who was speaking. And anyway, a, a few people kind of gathered around. And Michelle's kind of started off giving his usual talk about branding or about, you know, what, whatever it was to, to come out and kind of brand your business in this environment, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And finally, he just kind of switched over. And instead, he just started sharing this story about um, how his mom survived the Holocaust and how she came how she wound up in Canada and how, you know, she went through all of this just to be able to, you know, have her family and let them live their lives and just be themselves. And the message of the story was just, you're, you know, you, you, you came here, you came to Canada to be yourself. So just go be that person. Let's yeah. inform your brand and what you do. And oh my God, I mean, Tears were rolling down people's cheeks. We had the best conversations with the group afterwards. They talked about their own personal stories, why they were here in Canada, what they had gone through, what they were hoping to achieve. The, the fact that someone had just said, like, it's okay to just be yourself here and do your own thing was so touching to so many people. And it was just, it really, I never forgot that because it was like, the, 
you know, when that sort of veil of here's the, the cookie cutter way to do things, here's how I need to inspire people, or here's how I need to be in business and be professional and all that shit. It was just like it disappeared and suddenly there were these amazing moments of human of, of real genuine human connection. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. And I think, um, you know, part of that as well is, is, you know, not only these stories from our past and whatnot, but just kind of like everyday, day-to-day things that happen to us as well. I think there's a lot of importance in just kind of, you know, sharing those, whether that's just, you know, within your family, to your partner, to your friends, um, that make us human and and being okay with kind of these, um, uh, you know, uncool experiences <laughs> that, we've, that we've had. You know, it doesn't always have to be um, so, so profound, I think. And I think it's okay to, um, to, to share those things. Like it can be as silly as, you know, like the toilet paper was sticking out of my skirt and (laughs) I walked down the hallway at work, you know, which is something that's happened to me before, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, you know, like, like just, just stuff like that as well, I think makes us, makes us really human. And I think that's what, that's what this is all is all about is kind of just showing that everyone, everyone's human. Nobody's perfect. Own your imperfections. And, um, and also like the, the stories behind who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's right. And, you know, and you mentioned being somewhere at work and there's sometimes this idea we have to have, you know, a completely constructed professional self or, you know, we're worried about what so many different people will think of us. And while obviously context matters, Um, if you're always afraid of someone looking over your shoulder and seeing this other side of you, seeing this inner life that you may have, this sense of humor or your, whatever it may be, whatever those sort of parts of your personality are that you feel that sometimes you, you, that you need to tuck away and hide. I mean, where do they go? What happens if you're breaking that down, you know, too much? And if you do need you know, if you if you are very careful of that sort of context for your, your the different parts of your personality, is there a place you can put that? Then is there a place where you can bring out that really goofy sense of humor, um, or to share some of those things that are a little bit more uh, personal to you that don't always get out? Yeah, exactly. I think I think that a lot of times, you know, we we just end up kind of betraying ourselves by trying to fit somebody else's. Um, or our idea of what, you know, we should be in order to gain kind of like approval and, and acceptance. And, you know, along those lines, I think that there, you know, there's so much uh, vulnerability that comes with sharing yourself and, and opening yourself up to uh, emotional exposure, really. And so, you know, what would your advice be to people who are afraid of, of judgments they may receive when they begin to, to own up to who they really are? Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's a fair fear to have. Um, I guess I would start by looking at, you know, what you have to lose by, by hiding yourself. Um, and starting to maybe question some of those internal assumptions that you may have. So for myself, um, you know, I can relate to that fear of, of being vulnerable. 
one of the biggest reasons I think why for me a heart condition was a why was that a point of shame I think it was a point of shame because I always felt like I wanted to be you know strong and and tough and you know it was wonderful to be introduced the way that you introduced me as this sort of tigress in the boxing ring and that's how I would have always wanted to be seen but you know I, I got to a point in my life where I sort of realized that you know I wasn't as good in my job as I could be I couldn't lead the way that I wanted to be I couldn't foster uh, you know the relationships in my life in a you know a fully positive way or really um, be as home in myself as I wanted to be unless I was able to embrace some of my own vulnerability and my own you know my and that included my humor it included my sensitivity um, you know and I'm a, a sensitive and often kind of emotional and empathetic person and being able to embrace those uh, qualities as part of my my work and my strengths and uh, being able to understand that they, they can be held in balance so what yeah, yeah I mean and when we're talking about like being afraid of judgments I think that you know that's a really common fear to have to to just you know to to be yourself and that maybe there's people in your life who aren't going to accept it and I think it's often it's also really important to uh, remember that often if people do judge you that's because you're hitting a point of them where they feel you know insecure themselves and um, I really like how you said, you know, like, what do you have to lose? Like, what, you know, why, why are you ashamed of, of this? And I think that that's really something like important things to, to ask yourself as, as you start to share more of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're talking about our stories and how they're, they're, they're part of our identity. But I think at the same time, it's important to not always let these things like define who who we are now. You know, they're part of us, but they don't define us. And I know uh, specifically for a lot of the women that I work with, you know, they grew up as the fat kid, like the overweight person. And so they were... Um, uh, you know, judged based on that, and there's a lot of shame around that. But they still have, like, they still kind of hang on to uh, to that I- identity. And so, um, I think it's important to kind of separate that. And though, even though this is like part of you, part of your story, it doesn't necessarily define who you are and who you will be. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you've raised an important point um, and a couple things that I would say to that. Um, one is that you have the opportunity to define um, those stories for yourself. So, you know, what, so you, just using myself as an example again, I mean, I was not an athletic person growing up. Um, I, it would be very easy for me to continue to sort of see myself as someone who had just who had a heart condition or who has a pacemaker. Um, and instead, I look at what those things can give me and what I've been able to do. And I look at um, you know my fighter's heart, my warrior's heart. Um, and you know, it's not 
This is not about sitting back and waiting for someone else to give you your story. It's about you crafting your own, taking those experiences and those qualities and those people in your life and seeing them in fresh new ways, finding meaning in them and giving yourself a voice to express them. And, you know, we also say your story, but that's a bit misleading because there's not just one, there's many. And I think part of storytelling is also embracing the fact that we have many stories, um, many different parts of ourselves to share in the world. Um, and, you know, you can kind of find a couple of defining moments or something, you know, experiences in your life that you, you know, see as signature. For me, my heart will always be now, I, I believe, a, a signature part of my experience and who I am. But even if in that there are many different stories to tell, and I'm just, you know, I'm just referring to a little piece of them. Um, and in terms of memoirs as well, we kind of have this idea, I think, that, you know, I'll get to the end of my life, and then I will be able to maybe tell my story. And the truth is, no matter where you are right now, you probably have many different stories to tell, and you don't have to wait until it's complete to tell it or to share it, you know, to get up on stage and tell people who you are or to put that work down in writing or to let that come through your personal brand, whatever it may be, your forms of expression. Um, it's never really going to be complete. It's never going to be all nice, tidied up, put in one little box. It is messy. And that's just part of it is being able to just to put those stories out there and take that mess and bring that expression into the world. I, for a long time, didn't actually like the words, um, the term storytelling, um, because it kind of implied um, that sort of sense of, I don't know, something being made up or, or kind of defined. And I think it, you've also raised a good point that it's important to, to separate this from the sort of the stories we tell ourselves or, you know, like the lies that we tell ourselves, or these things that we've told ourselves to keep, um, that kind of keep us back and that is kind of more in that safe, that safe place. And, uh, you know, just going back to your question about judgments, too, I mean, this is scary. Like, that's, that's part of it. You know, sorry, this is going to be scary. This is going to make you vulnerable. It's going to, you know, it, it involve uh, you taking a bit of a risk. But that's the beauty part of it, too. Yeah, totally. And I love how you said you don't need to wait because that's actually – that really resonates with me. Um, I mean, for me, in terms of, uh, you know, just referring to that one little piece of piece of the many stories of my life, but the, you know, the when I was, when I suffered from depression for all those years, I didn't share it until I had, quote unquote, overcome it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that worked against me. Uh, I think it was, and that was just, that just basically fed into the fact that it was something that I was, that I was ashamed of because I didn't want to tell people until I had overcome it. Uh, and so I think that that's really important for people to keep in mind is that, you know, even if you feel like your journey is still beginning or, you know, you're not like, quote unquote, there yet or you're not worthy of sharing that piece of your life, uh, you know, you are. And it's important to start, you know, now and, and, and kind of really think about 
like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen here, you know, and it's probably not that bad. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you will benefit from it. And that will actually accelerate that healing process that comes along with um, whatever those things are that we're going through. Absolutely. And some of the most powerful stories are people just sharing going through the process. So, and, and you can do that just in a very personal way through journaling, for example. Um, but you could also do that through uh, blogging is sometimes a great way for people to, you know, share that um, just a little bit. You know, you don't have to have a huge audience, but it allows you to put it out there a little bit. Um, and it allows you to just start, you know, kind of having a little bit of a, a dialogue, a little bit of expression as you're going through that process. And the truth is it's never, like, this is never going to be all, all over and all wrapped up, you know, <laughs> like, and when I, when I got up on stage and talked about my, my own experience with my heart, um, you know, I kind of wrapped up by saying sometimes I love my heart and sometimes I don't. Sometimes um, I still feel un uncomfortable, uh, the fact that I have a lump of metal in my chest. Sometimes I still feel um, the fact that I'm talking to you about this right now and you're going to share the podcast is a little bit scary for me. Um, so, you know, the, but, there, but there's beauty in that. Um, there's beauty in watching someone go share that 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 struggle as it's happening not after it's all nicely wrapped up and it's easy to say look i did that mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that is so true that is so true and it's something that i'm still learning for sure <laughs> like admittedly it's uh you know I, I tend to kind of share these things on my blog after i feel like you know they they've kind of come to more of a conclusion um Although many of the roots of them are, you know, they still exist for sure behind the scenes in my, in my life and my brain, even though, um, you know, I, I may not always come off that way, but, uh, I think, I think it's, it's really nice to hear you say that. And I, I do, I know I need to, to put myself in that position more, more often, uh, not only for myself, but to, you know, encourage others to do the same. Um, and so, you know, with that, we're talking about, you know, sharing, sharing, you know, components of your life and sharing your story. But what about receiving? What about receiving others' stories? Because I think that being a good receiver can also play a huge role in helping someone to own their story. And, you know, what, like, what advice do you have to be a good receiver? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. That's it, that's a great question. And first of all, I will also say that if you want to get a little bit better at sort of sharing your own story, um, listening is one of the best things you can do. Listen to other people's stories, not just the people directly in your life, but you know, listen to um, listen to other people share their stories on on podcasts or read it read it through memoirs or books or blogs or or articles. I mean, there is so. There are so many incredible stories out there, and I think the more that you hear other people take that risk and, and share that, the easier it is for those little light bulbs to go off inside your own head and to be able to start to put the pieces together for yourself. Like, oh, this was important. Oh, this means something. This feels something. This, was, um, this is what matters to me. This is what I'm about. It helps you to kind of bring those 
things together yourself. So even just sort of selfishly, it's great exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the best things that you can do as a listener is to just is to let people tell the story that they want to tell. Um, I think it's very easy to, we want to have a certain outcome. We want to help people to feel better. We want to give them solutions. And sometimes they just need to be heard. And if you can just listen and pay attention and hear what they are trying to say and hear what emotion is underneath what they are saying and just be attuned to that, um, then then you're really giving them much more than you could if you just uh, are thinking about what you're going to say next or how to how to make it all better or how to turn how to you know I'll give you one more example with my own heart speech is that um, I felt very connected when I told the story to many people in the audience but there were a couple that came up to me and said oh yeah you should love your heart and be grateful for everything it does for you and it just it's like you missed it you missed the point yeah. <laughs> Because the point to me of the speech was to say, this, this isn't over. This is an ongoing challenge, you know, to, to love. I don't just find the love for my heart and the story's over. And that's the point. Right. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really, really important. And, you know, some other ways that I think people, um, you know, they're, that are not, <laughs> some other things that people kind of say are, you know, maybe trying to, to brush it off. Like, you know, like, like, which is what I think happened to you in terms of that, that couple saying, you should be so grateful for, for what it does, or, you know, trying to, um, like one up them like, well, you know, at least it's not, uh, like, uh, you know, at, at least you still have this or, or something else. And I think that that kind of, diminishes uh what the person's trying to say and it you know people are entitled to the emotions that they feel that go along with their experiences and their stories and if and even though you may not be able to um personally kind of relate so you you may not be able to you may you may think that you would respond in a different way um everyone's entitled to to those feelings and i think that it's really important to to respect to respect that in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and and when you're we're close to the people in our lives who are expressing something painful or you know any kind of discomfort, that's really hard to do. Like, let's be honest, it's really hard to do that um, to just be there and let them feel that that emotion, that expression. Um, but when you can do that, it also opens you up to really, you know, to, to so much more understanding, to really hearing them and then to potentially supporting them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's just like, it's, it, it, it can be uncomfortable, you know, like if, uh, something is happening in somebody's life that you really like, you can't relate to at all. Like, you know, maybe it's, they have cancer or something. And, you know, a lot of times like a wall kind of goes up and and you just you respond in a way that pushes them away and so i think it's important to kind of just take a step back and just listen and let it let them kind of roll with it and just uh you know just be there to to listen and 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 support and not necessarily like find solutions or have to exactly kind of you know understand the exact emotions that they're going through 
Yeah, yeah. And not to, um, and again, I, I do want to be very conscious of what you were saying about trying to one-up someone because, you know, there's nothing more annoying than saying, oh, I had such a bad day at work. And then, you know, whoever you're talking to is like, oh, really? I had a worse day. <laughs> yeah. But um, but also in these conversations, this is sometimes where sharing your own ex personal experience can really be helpful. And if you aren't trying to be competitive about it, but you're just trying to, if you are able to offer how you genuinely feel about something or your own personal experience, um, and you're able to state that in a way of, you know, just all I can speak from is my own personal experience, here's my story, that can help people quite a bit. Um, and I, it just so happens I just recently went um, onto a forum that's called a, it's a, this like pacemaker forum um, that I rarely do this. I only do it about once a year, but I just got thinking about it yesterday and went online and there was a, an 18-year-old girl on there who was talking about being faced with potentially having to get a pacemaker and was, you know, scared as hell and looking for advice and having questions about being an athlete at the same time and being recovered, you know, what is it like to, to recover from this and that kind of thing. And for someone like that, you know, I don't want to tell her, uh, it's, you know, it's easy. It's no, it's all, it's no problem. I want to help her to see the potential and the strength and, you know, the great stuff that can come out of it. Um, but also that, you know, to be real about, um, the challenge in it. And so to do that, I just share my own story on the forum, um, with her. And I know that that, has made a difference in somebody else uh, who's going through a similar kind of experience. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that that's a really important point. Is that there's so much in in um, connecting in an empathetic way by sharing a part of yourself as well. And so, as we kind of you know wrap things up here, what tips you know what tips can you provide on to our listeners on ways for them to share our story? Like what forums or environments exist for people? I know you mentioned, you know, just journaling, blogging. I know you actually went on a stage and talked about it, but uh, like what other avenues are there for people? Right. Okay. So I would say, um, like I said, um, sometimes those those initial forms of kind of working personally with yourself can go a long way. So, you, you know, you have to find what works for you. Um, I have always used journaling, and it is something that I recommend that people do. Um, you know, you have to kind of get out of your head that somebody else is going to be reading it at first, I think, if, if this is something that... Uh, kind of scares you, it's good to do that in private. It can also be something that you use, uh, that you do with, you know, collage or with pictures. Um, we also talked about listening and reading, and I think as well that goes a long way to just being able to hear um, what those little moments are for somebody else and to kind of help things click for you. Um, I mentioned blogging um, and the forum that I was just on as well. So that can, if you've gone through a specific kind of experience, so say if that was an eating disorder, you could also look at, you know, recovery groups, that sorts of that sort of thing, where you can talk to people who are also um, going through a tough time, and just to be able to share your story with them. Um, there are more speaking platforms and things like that that are cropping up, um, and I mentioned this one called Motivational Mondays. 
that I've done. Um, wherever you live, you might look in your own community for uh, for that group or another one. Those that are that kind of get you away from the traditional Toastmasters type motivational speaking group and just want to offer an opportunity for people to uh, either take the stage or even just speak in a small group. Um, there are more and more sort of storytelling uh, groups popping up. Um, and just, you know, keep keep telling it. Let it become yours. And uh, I think the more that you're able to kind of find it within you, the more that you will find places to share it. Um, I um, It just makes me think about there was a, a friend of mine who uh, he had had a really, really difficult uh, several months. And this was a little while ago, and he had basically just taken a summer um, wherein, you know, he lost his job, got separated from his wife. He just, so many things in his life just started to fall apart. And in that time, um, being a recovering alcoholic, one of the things that he did is he you know, just got more involved in sponsoring people in AA and uh, doing a lot of this really great personal work and devoting himself to helping others. And he said to me, you know, this is my work. Like, this is my real work. It's not the nine to five job this is the stuff that you can't put on a resume. And that really struck me, you know, the stuff that you can't put on a resume, that it's it's not the, the sort of thing you can nicely wrap up and report for job interview, but it is who you are. And I think that the more that that becomes real for you and vibrant for you, the the outlets, um, the outlets can start to show themselves. Um, having said that, the work that I do is I often help people find the words as well as the lesson and the meaning behind their own stories and experiences and help them find uh, places to uh, express that, whether it's through their own branding um, or through things like memoirs and personal storybooks and speeches uh, that allow them to, um, to, to find a, a kind of a, a bigger and more lasting home for those uh, personal stories. Yeah, which is really, really cool. And I think another thing too, where people can just like, you know, start to dip their toe into it is just with their, with their, with their friends and family and their, and the, and the people around them, which I think sometimes are the scariest ones to talk about these things with. Sometimes I think it's almost easier to talk to total strangers than it is to talk to the people in your life. However, um, I also think that that's like a, a really important place, place to begin and I like I think, you know, we, we talk about um, putting it out there in like a public forum, but I, you know, it's not always not everyone needs to hear everything. And I think that that's also an important thing to just kind of mention um, is that, you know, some there are certain people that are certainly going to be more entitled to kind of hear your story than others. So it doesn't have to be like telling every single person Um it, it's it's kind of finding like a, a trusting environment where you can do that. Yeah, I think so too, Summer. There is an important distinction. And I, I actually think that, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone has different personalities. Um, but I also think that if you have more of a home or a place of this expression where you know you are, if you have more of that sense of being seen or being heard because you are closer to those stories because you have gotten that place of comfort because you have those outlets for them and you allow yourself to 
be more of, of whoever you are, then maybe there's less of a temptation to just have that kind of like word vomit of, you know, oh, well, here's my, you know, yeah. here's all the personal shit in my life. Ah. <laughs> because, you know, because you, you can't have that sense of comfort with it. And therefore, that also gives you a little bit more power of how and when you use it. You can use it as a force for good to help somebody else going through a tough time. You know, you can bring it into uh, mentorship at work, for example. Not every person in the office needs to know what you've been through, but if there's someone there who you connect with and who you see, you know, could use additional support, you can draw on those personal experiences. Um, you know, you can bring it into uh, into your speeches and into your professional uh, writing and work sometimes. Um, you know, using it in those sort of appropriate forms and adapting it, but in order to do that, I think um, it's at least, at the very least, easier to do that once you have cultivated your own sort of comfort level with those things within you so that they're not, you also don't have something just dying to get out because lots of people have, I think, like they have, a, we all have our own buildup of, of personal shit, right? So mm -hmm. whatever, you know, what scars you have, if those scars are not seen or those, you know, your your battle wounds or your badges of honor are not seen and not witnessed, then you know we might feel more inclined to um, either tuck them away or to just kind of spill them out all over the place the moment it seems like someone's listening. And you know, let's face it, neither of those are all that healthy or productive or comfortable. Yeah, and no, I'm glad you made that distinction there. That's really good. So the last question that I like to ask all of my guests is, what is the most fearless thing that you have done? <laughs> well, I um, I think that uh, I've done a lot of gutsy stuff, um, to be honest, and I'm just starting my own uh, my own business. So that's uh, you know that takes. It takes a few guts, but yep. <laughs> yes, it does, <laughs> as you know so well. Um, I think that the the most fearless things I've done have actually been the most fear filled things. It's the things when um, I've been just shaking inside, and I have gone ahead and done them anyway because I believe it's the right thing to do. And I think that my heart is a good example of that. When I had my pacemaker put in, I was confronting years of being absolutely terrified of confronting the truth about my heart condition. I was totally scared of hospitals and doctors and anything related to that. And uh, I not only had the surgery, I elected to, um, to uh, not uh, go under general aesthetic, which meant I was awake for my heart surgery. Wow. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so I had heart surgery while I was awake. How's that? That's pretty fearless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you've done. I, you know, just based on everything we've talked about here, I think that, I think I, I, th I personally think one of the most fearless things is just that you just you 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 own your owning your story is probably one of the most fearless things, and I just think that's so great. So, where can people find more of you, Camille? So as you mentioned, Summer, they can find me at CamilleDeputter.com. Uh, should I spell my, should I spell it out? <laughs> sure, yeah, you, you can spell it out in, the, in case people are, you know, maybe driving or, or they don't have like a pen and paper and then I'll also link to it in the show notes. Okay, well, it's C-A-M-I-L-L-E, DePutter is my last name, D-E-P-U-T-T-E-R.com. And 
my business is Camille de Putter. It's uh, storytelling with heart. And I would like to say one last thing on the subject of fearlessness, and that is for all of your reader or all of your followers um, and the great people that you work with. Um, that you know, just you don't have to wait until you feel fearless to do this kind of work. You don't have to wait until you think that you have it all figured out, or that you know, don't think that you're not strong enough to do it. This is what makes you fearless. It's just it's it's braving it, um, telling it, and taking those risks over and over again. Um, so if you're looking for someone to help you do that, and you know, maybe if um, you go through a great transformation or a great experience with summer or get to um, get to uh, start to see new parts of yourself or your story in new lights but you want some help telling that and turning that into something pretty powerful then I'm here that's awesome I love that and thank you for that distinction on, on fearlessness it's actually really funny it, it I love that you said that because when I asked that question it like it is it, it it's not about being fearless it's about being fearful and following through and so um i yeah I'm, I'm really glad that you kind of spelled that out and <laughs> provided a little more context around that so thank you so much for all of your wisdom i love chatting with you and i could definitely go on and on but i'm gonna wrap it up here i hope that people are you know inspired to start sharing pieces of themselves in order to embrace who they are you know, the fearful parts, the fearless parts, the parts that you feel ashamed about, whatever it is, you know, that's you and embrace, embrace those parts of you. And it's been an honor to have you here. And I hope that we get in the ring together again soon. I really miss boxing. <laughs> and I, I, I box with people shorter than me all the time. <laughs> I'm kind of scared to be your partner. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You got to come out and get in the ring. I will. I will. All right. Rock on, Camille. And I will talk to everybody later. Thank you so much, Summer. If you liked what you heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review and a rating for the podcast. You just go to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews and leave a review. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer. And I would be so grateful. Seriously, it would mean the world to me. And once again, don't forget to head to summerinanin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod with 10 missions that you can complete right now to ditch the diet mentality and love your body. Until next time, rock on.